Hey, everybody. I've got a very special guest today on the show. I think I know who she is. <laughs> She's a Nashville-based singer, actress, dancer, choreographer, makeup artist, um, and a million other things. She's uber talented. Oh, and by the way, she's my sister. So I want to welcome Susanna White to the show. She is um, all over the the cast recording here, uh, vocally and uh, with her footwork. There's a couple of moments where she um, is dancing. So, uh, hey, Susanna. Hi, thanks for having me. It's uh, good to hear your voice. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember the last time I've actually seen you in the in the in real life, but um, right one day soon. Um, how how yeah. are you doing? Doing well. I um, I'm in a position that a lot of people are in right now, um, especially creatives, really having to stay creative and fresh, but also learn how to rest in the store. That's kind of a, a hard thing to do for go getters, but but I know it can be good for us. Yes, well, I, I've always enjoyed watching what you post all over social media. It is incredibly creative. <laughs> uh, y'all got to check out, you follow her on all, all her socials because uh, that in itself is an art form. It's uh, it's it's encouraging and it's funny and and it's it's great. So, uh, but you and I grew up with the author of this musical. Uh, that we sure did. Uh, helped him make. And I don't know where this conversation is going to go because there's so much stuff. Just be great to talk about your journey into music. Uh, I mean, I know some mm-hmm. of it because I was around for some of that. Um, and then I was, you and I actually traveled around the States doing uh, music professionally too. So, um, but. Right. Uh, we uh, we recall. I don't know if you recall any of these songs that Dad wrote for this musical um, back in the day. I remember when Dad started pulling these um, demos out two, about a year or two years ago. Um, I'm like, oh yeah, that song. I didn't know that was yours. You know, this boy is gonna get it. This boy is gonna get it. This boy is gonna get it. You know, and some, yes. of these, some of these other songs, I just remembered, wow, I, for some reason, thought that was somebody else's song. So it was... Oh, absolutely. I, do you remember any of those? Like, um, Well, some of them, I do remember Faking It in the Plate. I do remember Nothing More Than This. And it's funny that you say that because growing up, dad would be on the radio. He'd be traveling the world. I remember once he was flying to LA because he was up for a Dove Award. And, and, you know, one time we went to a outdoor performance of Oklahoma in Oklahoma, and I thought dad had written it like <laughs> the whole time. Like I just, cause you know, he had touring operas and music musical. And so, yeah, well, it's funny because some of these things I kind of grew up thinking, not knowing who wrote it, but a lot of the stuff dad did write and some famous stuff, you know, I just kind of, it all ran together because it was a part of our, our history and blood, our everyday life. Exactly. Well, and, and because dad has had a successful, uh, a, a career of working with pretty well-known people, whether it's back in the R&B Motown days or 700 club, or even just thinking of that Oklahoma musical, you know, some of the mm-hmm. people that were stars in that show, um, in that outdoor performance were stars in the early productions of his first musical. Uh, can you tell me the zip? 
So um, you were right about that. Yeah, um, Rich Sutliff, I think, or Sutliff, I don't know, mm-hmm. I and Laurie. That. Yes, um, that's right. She, she was, was the dancer. Dream Laurie, yeah, yeah. actually. Yeah, there was a lot of not even six degrees of separation, but probably three degrees of separation, and so that's just kind of what I. That was my normal. That in my family of origin, that was normalized, and um, I. I remember growing up with all, all the times we had costumes. And I, I think you remember this. We always, always were putting on a show, always having photo shoots with the costumes. Um, <laughs> it was just a part of our DNA. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember this, but um, after I think the first opera, um, we had a lot of the costumes stored. We had this really big theater walk-in closet. And I remember going over to somebody else's friend's house. And, you know, this is back in the day when nobody had cable or not a lot of people did. And, um, and I was like, you know, do you guys just want to like, why don't we just play dress up? Where's your costume closet? And, <laughs> and the kids looked at me like, what? And I'm like, well, I mean, don't you have like masks? and costumes and I don't know if you remember this but sure enough when we had some of these same kids over to our house we put on we put on one of the masks that was from the um the land where the prodigal son ran away to so there's a lot of seedy characters one of which was kind of like a double mask right yeah so this uh, this is all one of the this is all from, for those who don't know, we're, we're talking to, when we say the first opera, this is, uh, the, the, can you tell me the zip that faraway land that, that my dad, Moose, wrote? And um, so we ended up, as Susanna said, we ended up with all these costumes from that production. So <laughs> go ahead, tell them about yeah. what we found. Exactly. So like we put on, I remember one time, one of the kids put on one of those masks. He put on like a robe. It was almost like a flowing who knows what that came from in some roller skates and we were uh, chasing cars, scaring them. I mean, you know, like this was the way we grew up. So. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, what's really funny is that when I talked to, to dad on one of the earlier episodes, you know, he admitted that he never really was that into theater or stuff, but he kind of blamed you and me (laughs) to get him interested because we were, we were starting to do, I think some of our first stuff when we were kids was church plays and, and church musicals. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that gets me into like, like I, my, my getting into that stuff. I, I can't really recall, but I, I would probably say that's my first bout of any kind of performance was in a church play. Mm. What about you? Because you got into ballet pretty early on. Um, Correct. I, yes, my first performance, genre i'll say besides like a choral background and i was a super shy kid initially which a lot of people in public you were (laughs) in public in public you're right but what really brought me out of my shell so to speak was ballet and um a part of that was overlapping um when dad had some of these live performances and tours and i just it was a way for me. I didn't, I, I didn't, um, outwardly emote as much. And I had some, um, hearing loss due to just, uh, eustachian tube issues when I was really little. So 
uh, this was a way for me to talk and, and act with my whole body. And so that was my first foray into performing. And that started to overlap with my doing a lot of session work um, when we moved to Nashville and theater started to come into my life at the same time. So I would say in terms of professionally speaking, I was what you might call back then a music row kid. I did session work most days after school. And so I, I was really, really blessed um, in order to continue working and working yeah, it's funny. I I talked to Bonnie Keane uh, a couple of days ago, and we talked about all of those kids' musicals. There were so oh, many right. of them, and so this is a lot of what you did, right? Like, because I did some of that yeah. too. Um, mm-hmm. You know, with with Hummingbird and, and a lot of yeah. these these musicals that were written for youth groups, and I think they we were all on the original cast recordings or just. And mm-hmm. you did. I mean, yeah. there was so many of those back during the right the eighties. Uh, you know, is, is general, a, a lot of the people who sang on this record I talked to that just the 80s, 70s, 80s in Nashville, just everybody was oh, in the yeah. studio all the time. But I think yeah. for you, you found this niche uh, recording, you know, voiceovers and, and kids musicals and, and mm-hmm. I mean, background, back, vocals. background vocals. And, yeah, there was a lot of um, voiceover work and commercial work being done outside of um, Nashville and Chicago. And this was in the era I was, it was very fascinating having worked both in analog recording eras and in the digital recording era. I learned so very much learning in the analog era. It really did teach you how to at least try to be impeccable, timing, pitch. I mean, even, you know, little things that now can be corrected. That was not the case back then. But, you know, I, I was working with some of the best of the best and, you know, some of the um, people at the soundboards assisting and they later went on to be masters of mixing and mastering. So it was a really, a really cool era. In fact, I, I, I do remember once, this was interesting, one time I was somewhere in Music Row and I, it was after school, I finished probably some commercial work or voiceovers. I also did background for country music at the time. And so I had finished the session and I met dad at the UA tower because he had a session in that tower. And that I hear, it's really sad. I hear that maybe um, one of the buildings that's going to be demolished, but that's a historic recording building. So I, I met dad after my session somewhere on the row and he was doing a session for a jingle that he wrote because this bank wanted a real authentic beach music sound not to be confused with beach boys but i remember the session i remember you know i was at you know the big kids table i felt like you know because there was all these amazing cats from who knows where, you know, this is back when you wouldn't, you know, people would actually fly in, you know, you don't just, 
um, apogee and all that didn't exist. So I just remember sitting there and I was supposed to be doing my homework. And I'm like, how can I be doing my homework? Like, I'm not going to work on history. Like, this is happening now. Like, this is the future. It was so fascinating. But um, yeah, there was definitely times growing up where um, I was working professionally as a very young person. But then I was also seeing my father continue to work professionally. And it just was... There was always something to learn. When did you do, you started getting into film stuff too. Um, I yes. remember you, you even, one of your early, you had a speaking role in a movie too. Like like I, when you mm-hmm. were just super young, uh, what was that? The mm-hmm. Ernest Green story. Yeah, I remember exactly. Yeah. Down so in Arkansas. That, again, yeah, yes, we were shot on location about, it's about the Little Rock Nine. And I, um, I ended up being in a few scenes. One made it. Um, but it, gosh, I mean, and you had a line that says, here you go, Ernest or something. <laughs> yes. I had to have, right. A, a Arkansas accent or something. Draw. Yeah. And I remember exactly. hearing that going, holy, what? <laughs> you yeah. didn't talk like that. Hey, Ernie, will you sign mine? Yeah. Cause you, I mean, we're, we're yeah, exactly. Southern kids, but I think for some reason, the three of us never really yeah. uh, latched on to well, any particular moved, accent. Yeah. We moved around so much that I never really grabbed on to any one particular accent. Well, I yeah. feel like there's a there's a every so often you and I would end up in something together, uh, yes. like some of these sessions or or even some theater stuff. But a lot of times I feel yes. like you were off because you went to a different school than I did. So um, yes. There was, you know, just listening to the story of you going to the UA Tower. Like, I don't remember, you know, yeah, that. I mean, I remember that that jingle, and I mm-hmm. I, I remember that the bank song. Um, but some point once high school came around, we were all kind of off in our own world. At that point, um, mm-hmm. when did you start doing a lot of local theater? Because because. Not a huge yeah. thing in Nashville, but but it, it, back then at least it's growing now. Obviously, and we'll talk about that later. But um, mm-hmm. um, what was what was so your experience when, getting into that? Yeah. So as as I said, dance and um, the recording industry came into my life as did theater started to come in, um, and I started doing some industrial films and some of them were kind of music related too so it was it was a segue and it's it's kind of like work breeds work and then sometimes someone sees you in one thing and that you get an interview or a call back off of that and then that just segues one one vein of the arts into the other but one particular show I I got bitten by the bug early and that was that was Annie. Now Annie, I remember uh Sarah Jessica Parker and Allison Smith and Andrea McArdle being in Annie and playing Annie. And it, it was a fascinating musical. I felt a connection to that scrappy character. And in fact, before we moved to Nashville, 
dad and mom went to a local theater and I believe on the back of a, the playbill or the program, there was information about the next season and that Annie was on, on the docket for the coming season. And of course my dad found who was going to be directing like after the show. And he said to her, he said, I have your Annie. And the lady of course was like, ha ha ha. Okay. Well, you know, we've got auditions. So needless to say, once we had settled, I did audition and went through the process and there was came down to callbacks. And I believe callbacks were another week. It got down to the end of the week. And sure enough, I was offered the role as Annie. And um, then dad came to pick me up because I guess, you know, I was there for, I don't know how many hours that last final day. And, and my dad came, came and went up to the director and he was like, Oh, there you are. So I see you met my, my daughter. And she's like, that's our Annie. He's like, yeah, that's what I told you. <laughs> so Annie was really a formative role for me. And one that you ended up doing a few times, right? Oh yeah. Basically from age 12 to 14, there was several different versions of it that I did, but yeah, that was, that was definitely a great opportunity. And from there I continued to do other regional productions and then professional regional theater and equity productions. And not only in Nashville, but throughout the Southeast and the country. And that. And then you and I in there. You and I we did, did theme park did productions together. Yes, yes, we and did. I, and I talked to I, several people who have also been on the show that have worked with Gaylord Opryland. And uh, there was yes, um, I had been out there a couple years before you, and then uh, found out that the next show was auditioning, and it was a just kind of a crazy kid show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where yeah, they needed like, dancers, jugglers, rollerbladers, uh, circus clowns i mean it was this and singers and everything kind of and and the show was just sort of slightly sketched out and we had to sort of kind Mm -hmm. of work it up but that was um at fiesta texas which was a theme park in in san antonio that was Mm -hmm. for many years owned by uh, gaylord opryland before six flags bought it and so that's what brought you out there and then we did a few more shows um together um and then um I think we took a trip up to New York and tried the audition thing for a yeah. while. I, um, I, yeah. I, I definitely know you've got a, a soft spot for New York. And of course, who doesn't? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, that was um, actually really kind of a wild and awesome experience. And one of the things that enabled me to financially do that, and I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but on my way from a dance class. I was driving downtown Nashville to star photo. This is when you had to pick up physical headshots. And I got um, T-boned in my car. Someone hit my car and it collapsed. They had to get me out the window. I was completely safe, but they ended up paying a settlement and obviously the car was totaled. I had to do some mild physical therapy, but it really did enable me to not have to work and to be able to go back and forth and stay in New York for periods of time. And yeah, I have a lot of great memories. I think about 
those days often. And I also think about like, oh my gosh, what if you and I, you know, had done theater there together, which I know one of the shows. Well, we I, were, re- I remember this, this, and, and this is your fault, but at one point you and I were both um, auditioning for Rent um, and callbacks were happening. And then you just said, hey, let me bleach your hair, which I'd never done. Of course, <laughs> other people had sort of suggested, Jeff, you kind of look like that guy from Rent. Um, and I'm like, yeah. okay, whatever. I guess we better go see this show. And then, yeah. uh, and then we were in some crazy, weird, crazy, weird hotel in New York. I don't even know what it was. It was a bizarre yeah. hotel that we decided to stay in, probably because it was cheap. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Oh, and, and it, it's a historic, it's still there. Yeah. Oh yeah. What it was pink walls. Purple is crazy. I don't know what it was called, yeah. but you, we started with some peroxide and then you, I think you ran out to like a, whatever the Dwayne ready or, or whatever the, whatever. Dwayne Reed. Yeah. yeah. Dwayne, I don't, whatever, the, like a, whatever that yeah. was across the street and you came back with, with some bleach and, yeah. and ended up and that became my bleach crazy weird hairdo through the nineties was like buzzed yeah. bleach you know it was totally like with 90, the spike spiky yeah. and fake glasses you know so everyone thought i was a wore glasses and had blonde hair and actually when i met yeah. laura i still had the bleached hair and she oh, we always laugh about that like, i can't believe i That's still right. had the bleached yeah. highlights when we met and you still liked me okay but anyways <laughs> yeah that was a fun adventure and that's where we kind of keep weaving in and out you know you went back to nashville and and continued uh, and, and I moved, uh, back to Texas, moved to Europe and, and, and then, yeah. you know, and then, then I got married and then we, then I moved all over the country again, but, we, and that was, you know, wasn't until the mid to, you know, 2006 ish kind of area that I moved my family mm-hmm. back here. Um, and we, we've been able to see each other a little bit more often. Uh, and now, yeah. uh, this was great that we did this, um, project which was kind of funny when i when i asked you to do it obviously i knew that you could nail it because uh just right up your alley all the session work you've done you're a super pro you come in here prepared uh the, the funniest thing that i asked you to do was i said we need a tap dance troupe and at first yeah. d- dad said let's go call up ann carroll school of dance and clogging yeah well it's clogging that's right and because there's a song in the middle of the show where the a guy is healed and he decides to He's so happy he just clog danced. And then, of course, the you know, everybody or his dad calls it buck dancing. And and so there's yeah. a giant thing. And so I'm like, man, I don't know how we're going to do this. I got you over there with your tap shoes. And uh, mm-hmm. we, we, you know, we scuffed up dad's studio floor. Lay him down. Raise your voice. Yeehaw. In the town. Because Jesus the Valdosta is going to make a cripple on the day. like you know an ensemble of tap dancing and i think it sounded pretty awesome um you know yeah i just wore my gregory hines tap shoes and loosened the screws a little bit so they kind of had a little bit more of a clogging sound but um well and i think it it definitely gets the 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 feel across um and you know it definitely was uh i think we tried a few different things with with something to um 
kind of flatten it up, you know, with, put a little board yeah. on the floor or something. Uh, and then that's right. Uh, at the, the end result was maybe I shouldn't tell people about this so they can just imagine that there was an actual <laughs> group in there. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you did all these great, you know, you're the backbone of, of so much of this, of, of the, the choral work of this show, especially a moment where you and I uh, become a giant German choir singing Martin Luther. Um, yeah. Uh, Mighty Fortress. Dad yeah. just all thinks that's different the, oh, yeah, that. All the different languages. Oh, yeah. All the different languages, which we didn't even fun. know. And I apologize up front to anyone. Uh, I, I was just trying my best to use Google Voice to to understand how, you know, pronounce these things. But uh, yeah, tell me how you got into the um, the makeup design, um, this this fashion world that you're in now. T- t- tell me about this. Well, it's it's kind of a simple explanation. And it probably grew from the costume closet that I speak of, but also learning from seeing and having done putting a project together and everything that we can do to prepare ourselves for the role or the character. There are things that we can do physically that will inform our mind and our demeanor. And a lot of that is through makeup and through props. And through the particular costumes that we're wearing, we'll, we'll walk differently in different shoes. And so having done a lot of theater and having seen a lot of multimedia projects throughout my life, uh, watching you do things, watching other professionals, it, it was a way to bring a story to life. And I spoke earlier about how you and I would also do a lot of little photo shoots with one another, we would dress up and we would act things out. And I mean, everything to, you know, the setting, you know, we would, we would really go all out. And I think it was just a way to tell a story with everything available to us. I feel like in the real world, so to speak, people need that as well. You know, we, we do need things that prepare us for an event, prepare us for a celebration or just for the job that we do. And I, I find that the makeup arts and fashion industries are a way to use our visual visual voice as well. So that's where that has come from. And I think, again, my willingness to just go for it, I feel like we shouldn't be defined or live under this false rule that age and ability that we may or may not think we have should dictate what we should do. We should be in a live in such a way that you know it's it's all it's possible. Let's explore all that all that we can in the way God made us to be. So I'm feeling that's where that is woven into my life. And again, it probably has a lot to do with our upbringing and of my our mom was very, very fashionable. And it's funny because I am known for wearing a lot of like fun hosiery and tights and things like that. Probably, you know, it's a sensory preference because of having danced for so long. I like that feeling. But also I was remembering how mom in college, one of her jobs was making hosiery 
in the mills. And I thought that was kind of cool, kind of an homage I can and pay to our mom every day when I'm wearing hosiery. That is really funny. <laughs> Well, it's just because right before we started this, right before we started this interview, I said, "What are you doing?" He said, "Well, I'm fixing some hose or stockings or something." And I thought, that's such yes. an odd thing to say, but this is part of it your is. It's part of your world. It is, yeah. And dancers do that a lot. You know, we'll, we will have to re-sew the the toe portion of our tights and things like that, um, and the waistband and stuff like that. So, yes, but also that's in my daily life too. And and so, yeah, I was. I was sewing some some tights and hosiery. <laughs> so you're um, with some so of the this, downtime. So this uh, makeup art uh, design work that you do, what what has it led you to? What type of gigs are you doing mm. with with this skill? Yeah, some of the most fulfilling experiences I've had is when there is a particular concept or when I get to originate something, a look. And, and I, I would say, you know, in terms of music videos, in terms of photo shoots, sometimes it's events, you know, artists going to a red carpet event or whatnot. I, I help them put together a mood and a look and, you know, all of the elements that are going to bring that together. I feel like that, something that is newer in my career because of all the multimedia opportunities that are happening these days. And again, it's very different than it was, uh, say, 10 years ago. We're not only just in HD, we're in, you know, 8K uh, videography. So the learning is all around you. And I'm always learning how to use different types of products and, you know, learning how things photograph and how they move in real life it's i think that's one of the most uh exciting fascinating things that i've been able to do recently but i also love working with women and men in their personal lives you know whether it's their work attire or you know they're going on holiday and they want to put together a capsule wardrobe i again coming back to it it's a visual voice so it's it's and i feel like it's a very varied um so it's not just for professional like getting a gig for a music video or for a fashion show red carpet event or something like that but also it's like people actually are asking you to help them with their own style uh which is a neat you know it's like you're a life coach for fashion Right. Yeah. And, and it's interesting, those same things that apply to getting ready to go on stage or even the things that you're practicing with during rehearsal when you're putting on a show, there's things that help inform your behavior and your readiness in a situation. And that's very applicable to us in our everyday lives. So yeah, I absolutely love helping people find their visual voice and their confidence and their readiness, the preparedness for whatever they're going to do. So do you, um, do there's you, a lot of, do you have like a, a, a big, um, I mean, you must, you have to have a lot of tools, lots of makeup, lots of little things, this, that, and the other. I mm, mean, yeah, I, I imagine uh, you definitely have a huge supply at home or, or wherever you keep all your stuff. But I mean, Correct. do you ever find yourself just having to 
you know, you get a client and then you have to go somewhere and you got to just bring everything. I mean, how do you know, do you do some talking beforehand to know what you have on yeah. hand? Or do you just say, I'm just going to, here's my magic Mary Poppins carpet bag and I'm going to yeah. show up to work and everything I need is there. Yeah. Well, I do have my rolling Faya kit that is pretty much everything that a, a general shoot would demand or event would demand. I also have a separate hair kit. Um, but if I have something particular, I will do tear sheets and lookbooks for clients. They will, will share back and forth so that I can gauge exactly what their needs are. And, you know, if it's a large product project, sometimes I'll have to go get additional supplies, but I'm, I'm really blessed that I have been in the makeup arena for quite some time that I do have sponsorships that I'm able to get supplies with. And, um, that's really, really helpful. So I'm able to use the best of the best, but yes, I also do have collections of, um, you know, hero pieces, so to speak, um, capes and dresses and, shoes and jewelry, all kinds of accessories um, that I've collected that sometimes I throw into the mix for fun. Um, and again, the costume closet, I've, I hmm. pull that out. That's um, always helpful. It's, but, ama- it's amazing yeah, how I, things come full circle. Uh, things, they do. You know, I, I think that's a recurring theme in a lot of the people that I'm talking to on this podcast is how things, something in, in the past is 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 there for a reason because you may mm-hmm. it may come back to be a helpful tool later this is pretty much how i think you and i view life in because we know that everything is directed um absolutely it, but it's a it's sometimes you never know like i'm sure you didn't think that makeup art would be something that you would find to be a a, a big part of your life now but it can mm-hmm. be just as artistically satisfying as stepping on a stage and singing tomorrow. <laughs> or mm-hmm. the, you know. yeah. um, and so that's, that's, and I, what I admire in you is that you, you think outside the box there because it's a competitive world to be a performer and a competitive world to be in music and, and, and theater and art. And so there's other little things that we all need to do to kind of get, to get by, but also to help mm-hmm. support the fun little projects that we do. And, um, absolutely. And I, and I'm happy that we were able to come back together to work on this, uh, kingdom come record. Cause it gave us a chance to, to go back to our home, uh, where the studio is and then mm-hmm. look on the wall. There's still all those pictures of dad with, with Marvin Gaye and, and the temptations yeah. and, you know the four tops picture yeah. the pictures of of us as little babies sitting on his lap where we're you know he's playing piano in the studio yeah um, and it just makes me think okay so I wanted to talk a little bit about um, some of our funny memories and I'll throw I'll maybe we can go back and forth um, yeah. I I have a memory of I'm just randomly closing my eyes and thinking of one okay we were on we were in the van on the road because dad used to take us on the road for his uh, his gigs his concerts he was, mm-hmm. a, he was a christian artist in the 70s and 80s and so we went on a lot of those tours a lot of times it was in the van with the gear and and i remember yep. it was an icy road i don't know where we were but we were 
all kind of spread out in, in the van. And, and I think I was sitting on top of, uh, of the keyboard cases or something playing with Star Wars mm-hmm. figures. And yeah. the brakes hit and R2-D2 flew out of my hand and went straight, <laughs> you know, and hit and it cracked the, the windshield or the windshield cracked it. I don't know. But do you yes. remember that? Do you remember when we were, it was icy road? Uh, yes. And, Yes, I do remember this. And I re- do remember having to sit on the top of an anvil case that had some kind of gear in it. And um, my head, as we would go on a bumpy road, my head would hit the top of the, the van. Yeah, it. what a world. I do remember one time we were going down the road and one of the hitches, the trailer, I think a the wheel came off and it was flying down the freeway on fire. Do you remember that? Actually, I do. Yes. And I, I think what happened was, is that what was on fire was the, the wheel itself scraping the, the concrete. Oh, and yes. I actually want to say that we were coming up from Georgia to Nashville. Cause I have this memory of being every time I drive on 440 and West end, for some reason, I, I feel like we were there as kids with a broken down car, but yeah, Oh gosh, road warriors we we were. I don't I don't know that yes. I always had the best attitude, but we for were sure. okay. So another memory is uh, we were in a little cover band um, back when we were in high school with Dad called Rewind. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, and we yeah. did all sorts of uh, songs like um, you know, mostly kind of Dad's kind of neck of the woods R and B in the '60s kind of stuff. Yeah, soul. Yeah. I guess that's just a generic memory. <laughs> Nothing really. Um. Yeah. No, but yeah, it's it's funny because um, I I wasn't necessarily aware that I know way more soul and R and B music than most Caucasian girls. <laughs> but yeah, that's the music that we grew up with, and man, it's. It's, it has had a pr- profound effect on my musical taste, too. Mm, yeah. What What else? What else can we remember? From- well, I remember, I don't know if you've spoken about this, but one of my, the moments that my mind, it's like my brain just came unzipped and I was just like, what? Was seeing you in one of my favorite musicals, Fiddler on the Roof, you played Tevia. And I will never forget because I didn't see any of the rehearsals, um, but I went and it was probably opening night. Do you remember, like, did you have a desire before that in terms of like professionally, like theater or what, what was that experience like for you? Like how much I knew that you had done theater before that, but wasn't that one of your, big roles that you had early on. Uh, I just remembered like oh yeah, my on, mind. Fiddler on the Roof was like senior year in high school. So yeah, I okay. guess that was kind of like, you know, the, you know, and it's a very cool role. Although, you know, I definitely don't look like those typical Tevia actors, you know, so I had to wear like a little fat suit and I, they let me grow up. Yeah. And but you became him. It was so impressive. Oh, um, I mean, you were definitely, um, in your own league in terms of a person um, your age in theater, even in that role. But if you could do any 
role? Is there a dream role that, you know, if, if there was, you know, no holds barred, you could, you could do it. What role would you want to do? I haven't thought about it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, 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 you know, I kind of, uh, as I moved on in life, I got more into, to, to playing in bands. Um, sure. And theater kind of took a back seat mostly because mm-hmm. I was, I was picking up more band gigs than I could theater gigs. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I definitely wish I was a better actor and I would love to do some Shakespeare. Um, you know, our, um, my oldest, um, you know, Molly, she was, she did Romeo and Juliet and, and, um, yes. and, uh, I just was really jazzed like, wow, she was so good. Uh, and I have done a little Shakespeare, but, but not enough to, you know, and I went to college for, for acting for, for, you know, mm-hmm. Boston conservatory. Uh, and once you get up there in that world and you'll know, you, you can relate to this because you've worked at mm-hmm. studio 10 with these, you know, pr- pros of the pro it's it's mm-hmm. daunting you you go okay they are awesome you know maybe i so i think i don't i don't have the courage at the moment um i think i'm I, with all this downtime that's happening and all of this um you know i haven't really gigged in in uh, actually gone out of the house to play a gig in in two months mm-hmm. you know i would love to do a, a, a musical i guess uh, if, mm-hmm. you know, if I could fit it into life, you know, if it made sense. Right. Um, but that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother story. Yeah. I think there's, there's, we're, we're still at a moment where we don't know when we're going to get back to normal, do we? But, uh, right. when, right. when we do, I bet you there's going to be some great shows and, and mm-hmm. I, hopefully there's some, you know, I'm even starting to write again. It's been a while since I've written because mostly yeah. I, I do. Oh, I, so I, good to hear. I, I write, you know, jingles and commercials mostly because I everything I yeah, do we've is done some every, together too. Yeah, That's well, everything true. I do is for work, just kind of like you. It's like you spend a lot of your time working for other people because Correct. it's lucrative. Uh, and then when when you're done, you don't really carve out the time for yourself to go do something creative. Um, right. This is a great thing where Dad is now retired to where he has mm-hmm. um, carved out the time to finish some of these old projects and. Uh, this one is is. I, I believe it's got some life. I want to get it performed. You know, I, I I've chatted with some people over. I had a meeting a while back with some theater people. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's a very competitive world, obviously. Uh, oh, you know, yeah. There's a lot that's involved. Um, and I have been out of the theater world for you know decades, so I didn't know all that had changed. So. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely want to see where we can take this. I want you to be in it. I want you to do uh, stuff. Uh, w- even if we do a reading, I want you to to be a part of that. Um, oh, I've got some that. cool ideas. So we're 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 definitely you know doing this podcast is part of of getting ne- you know getting to the next step, which is um, mm-hmm. whether it's professional or just get, getting seeing how this now relates to other people because it's we've it's we've been in the studio for so long just doing this and making this recording and now it's done that you forget that other people need to hear it but i haven't really had a chance to decompress with all the people that have been a part of the show because yeah it's all either been one at a time a lot of people don't know each other a lot of duets were sung uh, that were not done as duets they were like you were singing along with a pre-recorded person that was already there Mm -hmm. um and so that's odd and it was a tough tough thing to do and i'm i'm hoping that 
that these these discussions that we're having mostly about the show will will encourage the people that were involved to to keep an interest in it and want to want to want to see it further and also the people who are listening who are just along for the ride to find out more about the show and and to uh, to enjoy hearing how things are made i mean i'm a geek about that kind right. of stuff so i mean i've i've interviewed people that were you know the musicians on the show I've interviewed guys that made the microphones that we used. Uh, I've interviewed wow. uh, singers and, and interviewed dad. So, I mean, it's, it's, there's a lot involved. I mean, there's a lot more that I'm going to be talking about and I'm s- super excited to see where it goes, but having you talk and reminisce and I had forgotten about the, the costume closet. That was hilarious. And I can't believe oh you brought my gosh. that up. Yes. All those, all those old things. I mean, this is another yeah. thing I always tell I don't know if I've told you, I don't know if I tell you this, but I don't, you and and our younger brother, Isaac, you guys tend to remember things better than I do for some reason. You have all these memories about me that I don't remember. I hope that's, um, and, and they're mostly kind of, you know, funny. Jeff, do you remember when that happened or, um, and I think, I, I hope that we can continue to think of those memories because now that we're old, oh, yeah. th- those memories fly away. Um, yeah. But it's interesting how they can come, come back together full circle and, and weave themselves together. Yes. Kind of like this project. Like yes. it's, it's really awesome. Like a lot of, you know, a lot of people say old Nashville, you know, there's so much old Nashville, old school, legit, people on this project and and it's come full circle with you know it's got that same heart that a live production needs there's a lot of chemistry on this project even though many of us recorded it separately so i think that's it's just super cool to see over the decades all these different eras coming together making sense telling the story well, it's I'd, been a long time coming. It has been. I think Dad wrote it in '87, and here it is now. Yeah. It's, you know, almost how many yeah. decades later? But and but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have wanted it rushed. I mean, it came out the right perfect time. So That's th- right. there it is. And I just I love doing art with you. Likewise. Well, thanks for chatting. You know, I know that uh, that it's we're all kind of twiddling our thumbs just waiting to get out and and, and um so this is actually kind of good for me just to to oh, be able absolutely. to to uh just to talk and then and then you know let other people listen in on what it's like to to be around a, a creative family because you know, not a lot of people grow up the way you and i grew up so no it's it's normal to us our family of origin is our normal but it's not everybody's story so yeah, it's fun to talk about and thank you so much for having me and thank you for having me on this project. It's been really special. Yes. Well, keep keep making great stuff. I, I always smile when I, I see you post something new or if I if I <laughs> see some new creation that you've come up with. I really, I really love that. And hopefully we all get to sing live again together soon. So thank you, Susanna I'm White. I'm hoping. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you. Thanks. In the community, 
When the joy of the Lord is needed to grow on This unity in the community When our brothers and sisters sing the Spirit's song This unity in the community When a walk in the Spirit is needed for its life Has learned to go the second mile. There is love enough to go round. There is joy when you finally get down off your high horse and learn to be a friend. There's unity in the community when compassion is shared for those. Concern for the welfare of every man abounds. There is love enough to go round. There is joy when you finally get down off your high horse and learn to be a friend. There's unity in the community. There is peace. There is joy in the community.